Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NBA DFS Today. I am your host, Keith Cork, and uh, I'm sure you missed me. I'm positive you missed me, but don't you worry. I had a, a wonderful day in the city yesterday with my uh, family, the city of Chicago. Of course, the only city that matters. Um, we went out window shopping at the, uh, whatever it's called, Marshall Fields, not Marshall Fields, but you know what I mean, Macy's, whatever it is. And uh, and then we went and uh, you know looked at the Millennium Park, went to see watching people ice skate and all that good stuff. Met up with a friend. Wonderful day. I I took the day off from looking at basketball, or anything. But I am back this morning and I am raring to go. I am ready as ever for a thirteen gamer, a big beast of a monster. And uh, we're gonna rock through this, man. We're gonna go through. We're, I'm gonna try to hit this in about thirty minutes. I'm just gonna give you some of my key observations for some games and uh, some key plays. That I'm looking at early on here. If you don't already have a DFS pass, it's $5 a month, and I'm going to give you some more in-depth analysis in our DFS delivery that comes out later today once we have a little bit more information about some of the big injury news we're looking at. So uh, $5, $5 a month gets you that. Uh, it gets you, you know, access to me, access to other pros in the DFS division. If you have any questions as you're setting your lineups, you can ask us, and we will ap- absolutely happily answer NFL, NBA, MLB, all that good stuff. Um, but in the meantime here, let's talk about this 13-gamer here. Uh, Miami at Charlotte. Yeah, I've got some interest in this game for sure. Um, I, I, you'd have to guess it's on the Miami side, and that would be absolutely true. You would be correct. Four-point spread in favor of Miami, which is nice, but it's because Bam Adebayo is out, which also increases my interest in some of the other guys on this roster. 221 is the game total. Seems a little low to me, but... Probably decent enough, given the fact that the Heat aren't exactly a dynamite of an offensive team. So, let's look at Miami. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you start at the top. Jimmy Butler, 8,900. Uh, that's a yes. I think, you know, if you want to put him in your lineups, it's a smart idea. Um, obviously, we all know the Hornets suck on defense. They give up a lot of points. And uh, I do think the, the mean Miami Heat do win this game. Now, I did play Butler... On the last slate that he was available, <clears throat> and he really disappointed me. 26.25 DK points, 5 of 15 from the field. Um, actually, I think I played him against Toronto, which wasn't as bad of a line. But 36 DK points in that game. So, you know, a couple of underwhelming lines in a row, uh, which kind of works in your favor because hopefully that, um, you know, keeps the ownership a little bit in check. But I do think people are going to be all over him. So I'm not super uh, convinced that you're getting an edge at ownership there. The one thing saving grace you have here is that everyone in their mother is going to be rostering Luka Doncic without Kyrie Irving, which we'll talk about in a bit here. But uh, with that being said, you know, um, they might not be able to afford Jimmy Butler. So he could be seen as a pivot, you know, if you go Jimmy Butler and maybe a cheaper guard as opposed to Luka. Uh, okay, so obviously at the center position, we have Orlando Robinson, who I... <laughs> I did roster him a while ago when he was actually still in the G League, and I ended up with zero goose egg in that game. Um, so that was fun. But uh, Orlando Robinson at 5,600 against the Charlotte Hornets defense that still struggles against the center position. And we've got Mark Williams out in this one as well. Um, so obviously, you know, Nick Richards at 4,600 should probably be in your lineups. That's probably one of my uh, – it, it's it's a lock. I mean, I think either, I would say he's a lock, yeah. I would say definitely Nick Richards is a lock. So, Nick Richards on the other side, but if you want to come back with Orlando Robinson at 5,600, I get it. You're using up both center spots and utility spots then if you do that. 
So that's something to be wary of. <clears throat> if you had to choose between one, choose one between the two, I should say, uh, Nick Richards would be the, my choice, quite obviously. So that's my thoughts there. And I think, you know, with Charlotte also, um, you know, Nola Mella Ball, you got Terry Rogier, he's 8,300. I, I don't see any benefit to grabbing him at that price point, honestly. Can he boom for 50 real-life points? I mean, yeah, uh, probably, but against this Miami Heat defense, I don't know about that. So, I, you know, I think for Charlotte, it's really just Nick Richards, and that's it. I just want to stay away from this next game entirely, um, but I'll give you a few thoughts here or a thought or two. Uh, Washington Wizards at Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, we have 11.5 points spread in favor of the Sixers. 244 is the game total. And like I said, I just want to stay away from this one. I mean, I, we don't know if Embiid's playing. Um, he's questionable. That would be big news if he doesn't go. I mean, Tyrese Max at 9,200 would be a nice little spend down from someone like Aluka uh, as a pivot. You could go with uh, Tobias Harris at 6,800, I think, in that scenario also, which would be really nice. But, uh, and obviously Paul Reed is going to be super duper overly owned and probably won't do a whole lot for people. He's 4,500. I think I'd rather even have Nick Richards just because I can rely on him to be on the court a whole bunch. But Paul Reed, obviously the upside is there. Um, let's see, his biggest game of the season is twenty no 34.25 DK points. Yeah, that's that's good. Obviously, for 4,500, that's great. But um, you got 26 minutes in that game. The Mans are just they're just held in check. I mean, they just don't like to roll this guy out there for maximum minutes. So, um, but Gafford is questionable also on the Washington side. So that also throws a little bit of a, a monkey wrench in here. If he can't go, um, they'll probably end up playing Mike Muscala. And if 3,000, I would play Mike Muscala all across DFS. So he would be an absolute lock. Uh, if Gafford can't go because he's probably going to get 20, 25 minutes. He's minimum pricing. He's probably going to shoot, you know, a bunch of threes and, uh, he'll probably end up with like 25 DK points, which is just great with 3000 at 3000. So, um, but if that happens also, and then Embiid plays, then we've got Embiid just absolutely crushing them. There's nothing they can do to stop Embiid. Absolutely nothing. Even Gafford's not going to stop him, but you know, at least Gafford give him a big body to, to go up against, but they have nobody behind Gafford. So, um, so Embiid is a good pivot off of Doncic because they are about the same price, 11700 for uh, Embiid and 11800 for Doncic. Um, but if the, you know, the Wizards would have nobody to stop him. So I, I would go with Embiid in that scenario if he plays and Gafford does not play. And then, you know, on the Wizards, I just don't, there's no one else I really have any interest in. Um, not the price points. And then for the Sixers, Kind of the same thing. I mean, I don't see this being a competitive game. If you if you think it's going to be a blowout, maybe you play someone like a Mobamba, thirty three hundred. I, I just I can't trust that at all. That's a super deep cut there. Um, you know, I just no. I just I think you just you fade this game if you're going to try to lock stuff in early, and then as information comes out, we adjust from there. Uh, Cleveland and Orlando. Let's talk a little bit about about that game. Um, and, and I don't have anybody in my dummy lineup here um, from this game. So we'll go ahead and start there. Uh, don't see a whole lot that I absolutely love. We do have Evan Mobley out, which means we probably get some Dean Wade and some extra George's, George's, gorgeous George's, George Nane. Um, I actually you know, took a little, little look at Max Drews too. He's kind of intriguing at 6,400 as well. Um, probably ultimately not going to play any of those guys. 
But I think those guys are all, if you're looking at Cleveland Cavaliers, those are the guys you're, you're going to play. Uh, Orlando, uh, you got Suggs is questionable, but, uh, you know, going against Cleveland, uh, even without Evan Mobley, I think they're pretty stout defense, honestly. So not in love with any of these plays either. So I'm going to fade this game probably entirely. Uh, Indiana, who just came off of that, um, you know, loss, just convincing loss to the Lakers in the in-season tournament for the championship against Detroit. My, my narrative here is that Indiana is going to be, it's going to be a letdown game for Indiana. I really absolutely believe that. Um, you know, I've, I'm on the spread for Detroit in this game. Um, I've got Isaiah Stewart in this game in my lineup um, because we don't have Jalen Dern. So I'm expecting a few extra rebounds to fall his way, I hope. And... Um, I mean, just in general, you know, when you're playing against the Pacers, you get a little bit of a, of a bump in production. He's only 5,700, Stewart is. And he has the ability to put up, you know, 30-plus DK points. So, you know, can I bank on that? No. Uh, let's see, their last game, he had 27 minutes, had 25 DK points. Um, I don't think they've played each other since then. No, they have not. So, um, So that's what he did in that game there, but I believe they were healthy in that one. You know, Duran was healthy, all that. So uh, just expecting a, a little bit more usage for Stewart. I think he's a little bit slept on here. I think the, the Pistons are a little bit slept on. I would want to play Pistons in this game. So if you want to go Bojan Bogdanovich, I get it. Go for it. You want to go Cade Cunningham as a, as a contrarian pick. I get that as well. Um, obviously no Duran and Bagley's doubtful. So you're probably going to be seeing some James Wiseman at 5,200. And that's a really good pivot because no one's going to own him because you've got Nick Richards at 4,600 and a bit, and a bit we're going to talk about Isaiah Hartenstein at 4,600. Um, you know, I've mentioned some other center plays. There's a lot of centers I'd want to play on this slate and he would be like number 10 on my list. So I just, I'm just not going to get to him. Um, but if you want to do a big contrarian play with James Wiseman, that makes sense. Um, I probably won't end up with Stewart in a lot of lineups. He's just in my dummy lineup here, and I don't have really great reasoning, as you can tell. So uh, I'll probably end up pivoting off of him at some point. Okay, Denver at the Hawks. And yeah, I think the Denver Nuggets is where we want to go ahead and stack up here. Um, for the Hawks, it looks like everybody's healthy. Um, possibly DeAndre Hunter could be out, uh, which doesn't really move the needle for anybody with me. Probably get some more Shadik Bay. If he does doesn't play some more Bojan, or sorry Bogdan Bogdanovich, but Bogdan's sixty eight hundred now, um, and he does have. I wouldn't say he he can bust for sure, and obviously Trey Young's playing this one. Um, I'm just not no, I'm just not going going to go there at that price point. Um, but the Denver Nuggets, I, I am intrigued by pretty much everybody on this side. Obviously Nikola Jokic always going to be in my peripheral. Um, always going to be somewhat interested in him to some extent. Um, Jamal Murray likely to play here, so that's interesting. But the two guys I'm really looking at are Michael Porter Jr. at 7,000 and Aaron Gordon at 6,600. I mean, we play against the Hawks with their, you know, space and pace kind of offense. You end up getting a lot of buckets in transition. You end up getting a lot of threes in transition. So those are two guys I would look at um, to kind of, you know, stack up. Um, not stacking both, but just, you know, guys I would look to, to put in my lineups here as guys that are going to be probably generally overlooked. So Aaron Gordon, C600, Michael Porter at 7,000. Uh, on the other side for Atlanta, not a whole lot. Um, 
I pro I mean I'd fade them. I'm just I don't I don't like anybody on this side, honestly. Toronto at New York Knicks, the Knickerbockers. Um this is an interesting game. Uh for Toronto. Uh I did have Scotty Barnes in an earlier rendition of this uh this lineup here. And uh, you know, I think it's an interesting pick for sure. I probably will have at least one with him in there. Um but Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, balls in his hands a whole heck of a lot, just had sixty-eight DK points. I mean he's gotten 60 DK points in two of the last three games. He had 58.75 against the Knicks in the last one. So, a uh, big game against the Knicks, which, you know, I'm not trying to overweight that, but it is noteworthy, obviously. It's the exact same matchup. I don't see Jalen Brunson slowing down Scotty Barnes. Um, they're going to be without their room protector in Mitchell Robinson in this one. So, I do think Barnes is a really solid pick here. I also think Siakam's an interesting guy, 8,300. He was having a good game in the last one, and they just stopped, for whatever reason, just stopped giving him the basketball, and, and he didn't play. He was on the bench until, like, four minutes left in the fourth, so, you know, not sure what's going on there, but um, but those guys are both interesting to me. Obviously, we just saw Precious Achiwa uh, pop off for kind of a, a big game there against Charlotte. It's against Charlotte, though. That's kind of the, the key uh, operative words there. 32 DK points. Um, he did have 33.5 against the Phoenix Suns also, but uh, against the Knicks, I'm just not expecting him to pop off, so... Um, if you're thinking about him, I would probably steer clear in this scenario here. Um, on the next side, of course, we just talked about having no Mitchell Robinson. And that, of course, means that we are going to absolutely lock in Isaiah Hartenstein. Now, Isaiah Hartenstein's 4,600. Nick Richards is also 4,600. If you only can get one of those guys because you want to use your utility spot for something else, which is totally, definitely reasonable, I get it, that, that makes sense, I would go with Nick Richards. Um, Hartenstein, for whatever reason, Tom Thibodeau does not trust him. Um, he won't roll him out there for big minutes. He, we saw that even when uh, Mitchell Robinson was injured last season. So, you know, I think he's a risky play uh, somewhat. There's some risk attached there. But he's still going to be a good play, even if he only ends up playing 20-22 minutes, you know. Um, he's still going to have a very decent line. He has a very high permanent upside for, for fantasy points. So um, 34.5 DK points in 29 minutes in the last game. And that's obviously a good, nice upside play. And the, the minutes are nice also. But they were playing the Boston Celtics where they had to go big. Because against the Celtics, they've they got so many big bodies. Um, you know, Tatum, Horford. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Perzingis was in, was healthy for that one, I believe. So... Um, lots of big bodies to throw a guy like Hartenstein out there. You can play against Toronto here, though, where you know they don't have those big bodies. I just it's a little bit, a little bit more concerning. So, all right, moving on to Dallas and uh, Memphis. Yeah, this is an interesting one for sure. I mean, no Kyrie Irving, obviously. So uh, everyone, like I said, is going to be rostering Luka Doncic. And I cannot blame them. As far as the lines that we're seeing on sports books, it looks like, you know, we're probably looking at a, a triple double. <laughs> and obviously, we're playing on DraftKings where you get a bonus for that. So uh, I think if you're playing cash games, yeah, you just absolutely just lock them in. No problem at all. Dante Exum's an interesting name at 5,700 who stepped up uh, in the absence of Kyrie Irving. But, you know, how much can we tr trust a Dante Exum or a Derek Jones Jr.? Um, or Grant Williams. Or Grant Williams is out, actually, so that's important to note. Um, we can't really trust those guys, though, right? It's kind of all depends on if their shot is falling. And, um, 
you know, I think you can take stabs at those guys, but you just can't trust them fully. So it's really Luca on this side, and that's that's kind of it for me. Uh, maybe some stabs at those guys I was mentioning there. Uh, actually, no, sorry. There's one other guy too, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, who's pretty much guaranteed to score 20 points tonight. Um, but yeah, I, you know, again, can we trust any of those guys really? I mean, no. I think you know, I'm not going to have Tim Hardaway Jr. in 100 of my lineups. Um, just impossible. So on the Memphis side, I'm not uh, super intrigued in any of these guys. It's hard to trust anybody here. Desmond Bain is 8,700. These other guys around that price point I'd rather have that play the same position. So, uh, yeah, it's a fade on Memphis for me uh, yet again. So Utah and OKC is definitely interesting. Utah, obviously, no uh, Lori Marketing, no Walker Kessler. You could throw out some Kelly Olenek at 4900 I'm not going to. I like other people that are cheaper. I've already mentioned them. Omer Yurt 7's 4700 And same story there. I think you can take stabs at those guys. I think you're going to you're gonna win the ownership for sure. Because uh, people will have the same reasoning I will. In that those guys haven't consistently been good. Um, of those two, I think Omer Yurt 7 is the guy I would probably slip in instead of uh, Kelly Olenek. So... Just something to consider there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it on the uh, Utah side. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson's going to be busy on the offensive end, so I think 7200 is a little bit too overpriced, though. He was a little cheaper when I was rostering him, but um, I still think that you can slip him in for sure if you have that extra cash left over. OKC side is where I have a lot of my interest because I think uh, you know if the Utah can keep this close, these guys can really pop off. The guy, I mean, the two guys I'm looking at here, most importantly, is uh, Jalen Williams at 6,500. And uh, I really like Josh Giddy at 5,800. Um, I don't like any of the allegations against him. He's got some on, on off-court stuff going on. But, man, 32.25 DK points in the last game in just 25 minutes, and he only shot 33% from the field. Shot 27% from the field before that. I mean, at some point, um, I, I don't buy into his jump shot. I think his jump shot's garbage. But at some point, he's going to have a game where he shoots well, even if your jump shot's garbage, that happens. I mean, we saw, uh, let's see, 50% from the field a couple of times, 57.1, 63%. He shot, what? yeah, one game where he shot like 63% from the field, he got 39.75 DK points. I mean, his pricing is 5,800, and he has that 40-point upside, which you really can't beat. So I do like me some Josh Giddy here against Utah. Uh, like me some Jalen Williams. He's been absolutely popping off, having good games. And uh, that's probably it. I mean, Lou Dort is questionable here also, which would, um, you know, boost both of those guys. And you may even see some Case and Wallace in, in the lineup or some Isaiah Joe, but uh, can't really bank on those guys, I think. So, Minnesota, um, Anthony Edwards is questionable, so that's a huge one. If he can't go, Nikhil Alexander Walker at 5,900 is really jumping out to me as well. Um, but we don't know that yet, so I haven't slipped him in, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. On the Pelican side, I think, you know, um, there's a couple of people that I'm, I'm pretty interested in here, but the one I'm most interested in is Trey Murphy. I've um, been talking about Trey Murphy for the last week or two. Um, you know, hasn't had that ceiling game yet. His first game is probably the closest, where he had 29.25 DK points, and he's only 5,400. That was against the Spurs. Um, this is the Minnesota Timberwolves who do give up some points. Like it's not a terrible matchup at all. 
And uh, I think once he gets that shot to fall for him consistently, you're going to see some really big lines from Trey Murphy. So 5,400 for Trey Murphy. I really like that play as well. My Chicago Bulls are playing the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I will be watching. You know, can't get away from it. Just got to gotta watch. Got to catch them all. Um, I'm not super interested in this game from a DFS standpoint, honestly. Uh, any of these games, they're kind of later. I'm not, like, super duper interested in them. Um, one guy that jumps out to me for the Bulls is Nikola Vucevic at 8,100 against Milwaukee. We do see centers have pretty decent games. I've been saying this all season. Uh, they have to go out there and help to guard Giannis at the hoop and contest at the hoop. And when Giannis does, you know, shoot at the hoop, if there's a rebound, usually typically they grab it. So, you know, Vuce is, is interesting here for sure. DeRozan, 8,200. Eh, not, mm, it's fine. It's not a terrible play, not a great play, in my opinion. Um, Kobe White, 7,300, same kind of thing. Not a, not a terrible play, not a great play. I know he's going to get uh, Damian Lillard out there, so he'll probably have some increased ownership because of that reason. So that kind of bumps him out for me because the ownership's just going to be too high. Um, Crusoe's questionable for this one, and uh, Petra Williams is probable, I believe. So uh, I would assume if he was in the 4,000s, I'd be more interested. He's 5,000, though. I'm just just not that interested in it. So uh, I'm fading the Bulls. Um, they're all just kind of just below where I'd want to grab them. Yeah, price point compared to what I think their output's going to be. On the Milwaukee side, I think a great pivot is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He loves to destroy the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls have no answer for him. Nobody that can really guard him. Uh, they'll probably try some Torrey Craig on him. They'll try some Patrick Williams for sure. Um, and he's cooked those guys in the past. So uh, I'm really not not shy to, to grab some Giannis here, especially when we're talking about you know some really tilted ownership towards uh, Luka Doncic. But beyond that, I mean... Not super interested in the rest of this this team, honestly, uh, in this game. So, uh, San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. I think we can just skip over it. I'm not interested in either of these teams, honestly. I think it's going to be a pretty big win for the for the Houston Rockets, and just with the price points, not grabbing any of them. Brooklyn and uh, the Kings, Nets and Kings. Another interesting one. Um, on the Brooklyn side, I am looking a little bit at Cam Johnson at 6,400. People are starting to fade him with Cam Thomas back, and that makes sense. He's going to have less scoring opportunities, but he also will probably increase his efficiency um, and see some pretty nice lines. He only had eight shots in that last game, too, with 25 minutes. He only had 13.5 DK points. Very, very low, low output against the Washington Wizards, which is going to concern some people. But he has the ability to go off for you know 35 DK points, and he's only 6,400. So um, this is the Kings. They get up and down the floor, don't play a whole lot of defense. So I do like me some Cam Johnson here um, just because of the ownership piece of it because I think he's going to be low-owned. Um, on the Kings side, you know we have Malik Monk. It's questionable, which likely means some uh, Chris Duarte. Um... And who else? Uh, Chris Duarte is going to get in. Probably, uh, I'm missing somebody here. But uh, either way, I'm not super duper interested in anybody on the King side either. Um, Brooklyn is a tough defensive team. Um, yeah, Keegan Murray at 5,800 might be the one guy I would go to just because he's been shooting a whole lot of shots and he's been shooting a whole lot of shots all season. If they, if they hit, then you know, he's going to be low-owned. 
that's really it. Portland and uh, Clippers. I mean, this is going to be one of the lamest late games we've had in a while. Uh, don't see the, the Blazers sticking close in this one. Uh, Jeremy Grant out, of course, still. Uh, Malcolm Bragdon questionable. Aiton also uh, questionable for this one with a knee injury. So, you know, um, guys like Jabari Walker, um, uh, Kamara, uh, Duop Reith. You can look at those guys, but Duop Reith is 4600 He's the same price as Nick Richards and Hartenstein. And you, you tell me who you trust more, uh, those three. So... Um, maybe Matisse Thiebel gets in for a few extra minutes also, but, um, there's just not a lot to like here, guys. I really, I think you can fade Portland across the board and, and be absolutely fine, especially on a 13 game slate. And then on the Clippers side, yeah, I mean, same thing, you know, if we're expecting this to not really be a competitive game, can I trust Paul George, Kawhi or, or James Harden? I just don't know. Don't think so. I'd probably play Russell Westbrook 6,500 if I was going to play anybody here. Um, you know, with the narrative of, oh, they get up 20, 25 points, you know, in the third quarter and the fourth quarter is basically just rests garbage time. Go, go produce your stats. Um, so we can look good at the end of the season, which, you know, you can go with that narrative. Um, he's obviously a threat for a triple double any given night, but I just don't, I don't see it happen. So, so that's it guys. That's going to do it. That is our, uh, what is today? That is our Monday. Wow. My, my brain Monday, uh, 13 game slate here where, uh, you know, we walk through every single game. If you do like, uh, you know, this show, uh, go ahead and like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow me on Twitter at, at ethos Keith, and please do follow at ethos DFS as well. So you can get all of our show jobs until next time, guys. Hey, go get that money. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.